0: This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks. You know, everybody says you can never play a perfect volleyball game. If there's
1: ever one match I've seen that was close to perfection, she was the setter and set that match. And we played about as close to perfect as you could play. We beat them 3-0 And what's so great is Lindsay had so much respect from her teammates that they were not going to let her down. And it was just amazing to see how they lifted up and how well they played and how well she played.
0: Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook.
2: Welcome back to our July episode of Conversation with the Cooks. This is our 12th episode, which means we've been going strong for a year. Can you believe it? Wow. Do you remember the first episode that we ever did?
1: I just remember that, cook <laughs> confessions and... and uh, cook lessons? Cook lessons, That's all
2: you yeah, remember? That's all I remember. <laughs> well, I remember we were in your office, and now we're pros. We just do it at home whenever mm-hmm. we want, and we set it all up, and...
1: I'm impressed.
2: We're, we're podcast pros. We used to be rookies, veterans now. Okay, so things are a little different now. You are back from the mountains, so you're no longer building homes and talking to Russ Rose every day you're back here actually doing some work. So what do your days look like? What do they entail? What, I mean, I know COVID's still going on and we'll get to an update there, but what are you guys doing now? What's the team doing right now?
1: Well, just to be clear, um, (laughs) I was working on volleyball. (laughs) So it's just, uh, and it's pretty much no different right now. There's a lot of Zoom calls trying to figure out. So right now we're trying to figure out our schedule with the Big 10. So I'm actually the, the chair and I've, I've been on calls with the head ADs and the SWAs.
2: So what does what being the chair mean?
1: That means that right now I'm designated as the leader of our coaches. So oh, I, gosh. I, I speak for them. So we we get on Zoom, we decide what we want, input we want to give, and then I, we get on. So there's just one voice going to the administrators.
2: How civil are those calls? Is it Great. Does everyone have their own opinion and no one agrees or does everyone kind of agree on the same thing. It
1: used to be nobody ever agreed in, in the coaches in the Big Ten and now everybody's getting along because everybody's in the same boat.
2: Who's so, the most difficult coach to deal with in the Big Ten?
1: I don't think there's anybody that's most difficult. It's just that there's a wide range of opinions and, and some people speak up more than others but okay. you know there's some new coaches in there. Iowa State, Rutgers both have new coaches so it's good to get their perspective and... Russ, Russ. Since you brought him up, Russ never. He says very little, but when he speaks, everybody listens.
2: You guys just call each other after the yeah, Zoom call. We call and-
1: after or before,
2: <laughs> and say what you really want yeah. to say. Okay. But
1: you know, there's. <clears throat> it, it's the group's working together really well, better than I've ever seen. So that's been that's cool. I actually told the. Senior women's administrators, that that it's, I've never you know I've been involved with the Big Ten since here at 2011 and seven years at Wisconsin, and I've never seen the group work together so well.
2: Wow. Okay, so you're you guys are working on the schedule.
1: Maybe that's because I'm the chair. And oh you my might gosh! Bring together, make <laughs> them feel good.
2: You're such a good leader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're working on the schedule. What else are you doing? Are you going in the office? Or yeah, are you okay. getting
1: organized? This week we're just getting ready for to start meeting next week and practice on Wednesday. So meeting with who, the girls? Our, our team. Okay. So on August 4th, we actually can have meetings and we get them kind of up to date. And on the 5th, we start practice. So we're just getting organized. Tyler just is back. So we got to get him moved in and squared away. And we just all have to get on the same page and get our plan and, and go and have our notebooks ready and the gym ready and the video ready and everything. So just it's just getting uh, everything ready to go so we can start hit the, hit the ground running.
2: <clears throat> I can't believe it's almost August. And yeah. you guys normally, I mean when it's a normal year, you're starting August 7th ish uh, somewhere probably, around there.
1: I think more right now it's been the ninth or tenth. Oh, it has. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you would normally be starting preseason and you guys don't even have the schedule yet. I mean there's right. just so much still up in the air.
1: Yeah, we just know we're going to play Big Ten only, and we just know we're probably starting somewhere around September 9th or 11th.
2: Okay, so I want to get the COVID update in with the schedule and what you know as of now, because I know some a lot of things have changed since we last talked. And we have to get this in so all the newspaper writers and newscasters can get their monthly updates, because <laughs> what they do is they listen to the podcast and then... Um, they take what, what you and I talk about and, and put it out there. So we, we have to we have to give them the updates. Yeah. Okay, so you said just Big Ten schedule only. That is one hundred percent certain.
1: Yeah. So what we're doing is we've proposed a 20 match schedule. It's Big Ten conference only. And probably what's gonna happen is again, this isn't for sure yet, but I think you'll go a team will go and you'll play two matches Back to back on the same weekend. So, for example, Nebraska would travel to Penn State, and we would play them a Friday night, and we play them a Saturday night, and then come home. Okay. So the the thinking behind that is you've got two teams, one spot, same refs, and they and everything's controlled. The uh, women's senior women's administrators did propose a pod schedule, which you would four teams would go to a spot. The problem is, what if one team tests positive and has an outbreak, then you potentially could sideline four teams. So now that's why we've gone to just playing two matches, it, it simplifies travel, and of course, the schedule they'll build will eliminate as many long trips as possible. But you know, Nebraska's and Wreckers are the two most challenging teams travel-wise because we're on the edges of the Big Ten Conference. And so we're going to have to fly some. They want they want to try to eliminate all as many flights as they can and just bus. So the Northwesterns, Illinois, Purdue's, Indiana's, Michigan's, those guys. It's all easy for them to bus. It's almost everywhere. But of course, the outliers are Nebraska and Rutgers. So
2: so you're still going to have to charter. <clears throat> yes. They won't make you fly commercial. You'll still be able no, to charter, no, correct? We'll, we'll charter. Okay. And that schedule still isn't fair because you may have to play Penn State twice at their home but they may never come here, correct? Correct. Okay.
1: So it's it's not gonna be a fair schedule. So we just, we already know that. So it's whatever they come up with. And the other thing that we try to do, to point out is we we have great ratings on Wednesday nights. So is there a way, and, and I, I explain you know, how they could do it. So let's say Nebraska's playing Penn State so, we pull out one match goes Wednesday and one match goes Saturday. And, and maybe, so you just pull two out from the weekend, put it on a Wednesday, Saturday. But
2: wouldn't the girls miss more school then?
1: No, it, it would be normal Wednesday, Saturday week. But it would just oh. be, so we'd have one match of the week on a Wednesday night. Okay. So just think you would have seven sites. We have 14 teams. You'd have seven sites going. Well, one of those sites would actually, instead of going Friday, Saturday, would go Wednesday, Saturday. And that way you could have a a Wednesday night match because the Big Ten owns Wednesday night. We have great ratings. We want to continue to keep that kind of as a a Wednesday. You know, it's just like Sunday nights is Yellowstone. Um,
2: And Sunday night football. (laughs) Yeah, Sunday night
1: football. But right now it's Yellowstone. Okay. And uh, so, you know, you wait for that. Well, I think people wait for Wednesday night volleyball. So we want to continue to keep that and keep that in people's minds and not lose the advantage that we've built for Wednesday nights.
2: Well, no one else compete. I mean, football's not playing on Wednesday nights. I mean, maybe you have like Major League Baseball, but that ends in –
1: Right. We we own own Wednesday nights. you do.
2: Okay, so – So
1: smart of you, Lauren.
2: uh, Thank you. (laughs) I, I've really, my intelligence has gone up since quarantine started.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> uh,
2: I've never asked you this before, but do you prefer Wednesday, Saturday schedule, um, plane schedule, or do you prefer Friday, Saturday or Friday, Sunday?
1: From a coach, uh, I hate Friday, Sunday because it you, you throws off your whole week. I agree with that. It's nice to have Sundays off. From a coaching perspective and prep preparing, Playing a Wednesday-Saturday gives you a chance to prepare really well for each team. But I also like the the challenge of playing Friday-Saturday because that's what you have to do in the NCAA tournament. So we have a mix. I can't remember how many weeks. Maybe it's six weeks of Friday-Saturday and four weeks of Wednesday-Saturday over a 10-week schedule in a normal Big Ten season. Um, So I like the mix of that.
2: Well, they had a schedule that you and I both saw that hadn't i don't think had become public yet but the big 10 came up with a schedule and you guys had some wednesday saturday matches oh, yeah. friday saturday you also you did have some friday sunday yeah. i think or wednesday sunday yeah but as a player i always loved the wednesday saturday matches and we really only got that in the big 12 and then occasionally in the big 10 yeah. but i liked that because it broke up the practice week when you oh. play friday saturday it's just a long week of practice and you get Just get tired and burn out, and you're like, okay, I'm itching to play. Get back out on the court and play again. Um, So I, as a player, prefer Wednesday Saturday.
1: Well, Lauren, thank you for sharing that. I didn't know that. (laughs) I will tell you this. I'm sorry you don't like practice, but a lot of coaches that play the Wednesday Saturday, you know. And if you were coaching, your livelihood depended on it, maybe you think differently. But you know, when you play Wednesday Saturday, it's hard to choose what days to go hard because. You're trying to, you got to be rested for a Wednesday night match. You got to recover Thursday. You got to prepare Friday and play Saturday. maybe you have to travel. So you, you lose training time. When you play Friday, Saturday, the great thing is Monday for us is kind of a low key day, low jump, lift. Tuesday and Wednesday, we go hard and we can go really hard. And then Thursday is a recovery day. Then we play Friday, Saturday. So from a coach's perspective, you feel like you get better training with that schedule as opposed to always going Wednesday, Saturday. That was a, That's the complaint in the Big 12, for example. They never feel like they get enough training time because you're always just trying to recover, play, recover, play. But it's a good thing we don't ask our players their opinions. What,
2: what do you think they would say?
1: I have no idea.
2: I think they, most of them would agree they like the Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah,
1: they'd probably say, we don't care.
2: <laughs> and you would respond with, I don't care is not an answer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so how are the girls doing? I know they've been doing some workouts, some voluntary workouts, some voluntary gym sessions.
1: They've gone really hard, but they started at a really low point in our strength and conditioning program in Husker Power. So they're they're getting back to, we actually test next week, so we'll see where we're at, but they're getting back. They've worked really hard. I've heard nothing but great things from our strength coach on how hard they're working. That's about all they can tell me and uh, under the rules and then um they they go in the gym only twice a week we have them go in the gym or we we open Devaney for them to come in and they have typically what happens is uh, we give them a choice you guys can do a practice plan today so seniors and lauren and nicklin you guys can do the practice plan you want to be coaches so i let them decide if they what they want to do or I, i have two different practice plans written on the whiteboard and they can choose one of those so there's a variety. So so, so I, I don't know what they choose to do each time they come in, but, you know, it's, it's technically voluntary practices. So we just can kind of give them an outline and, you know, here's some drills you, you could do and um, or they can create their own and. I trust those guys, especially Lauren and Nicklin. They've been around. They know it. They're they, they are great camp coaches. They like. They, they say they want to be coaches, so it's good good for them.
2: Are they the captains again for this season?
1: Um, Have you
2: decided that yet?
1: We haven't got to this season yet, so no, it hasn't been decided. We
2: usually decide before but the season they, they've starts. They've been the
1: summer captains, let's put it that way. Okay, and they were last year's they captains. they got to prove it every day, by the way. <laughs>
2: Okay, so speaking of the team, just kind of run through all the the new players because you have some freshmen who joined the team and then you have a transfer and I think that's it. Four new players?
1: We have five new players.
2: Five new, pl- walk-on or a couple walk-ons, couple scholarship players yep. and then transfers. Mm-hmm. So talk us, tell us about each one. Tell us just why they're a good fit. Tell us, get, help us get to know each of these new faces.
1: Kayla Caffrey's a transfer from Missouri. She's from Chicago. Her mom's a school teacher.
2: And she, what did she hit when she played against us she, in the in the? Um, she,
1: she didn't play against us, but she.
2: I thought she did.
1: She, no, she hit. She was a second leading hitter, efficiency wise, in the SEC last year. She's okay. a very good hitter. Okay, middle. That's hitter. what it was. Yeah. Okay. So um, she's a middle. Yeah, we'll have to train her how to block, but
2: uh, she, okay. she's a
1: middle she's great she's older and what What? Uh, she just
2: has one year no
1: correct? she actually has two years oh, she has two years yeah. okay uh, even though she's already graduated so she's getting her master's and basically wants to be an elementary school principal so she's getting her master's in that she loves it she's doing great
2: how does that work did she only play she had a medical
1: years? red shirt and a red shirt oh, okay. that's how you get six years
2: got it okay
1: her boyfriend uh, is oh. was a draft for the Denver Broncos, so he's getting wow. right a fire up out there. And so um,
2: now you're a Broncos fan.
1: Oh yeah, always have been. <laughs> but you know, just I mean, you you want to know these guys. I'm, yeah, I'm i yeah, I do. Then, That's
2: very personal.
1: Yeah, and she's on the. Uh, we nominated her. We were very lucky. Uh, but with the Black Lives Matters deal in the Big Ten, they started a coalition. So I nominated her because I thought she would be so good for it because again she's she's very passionate about helping kids reading being an elementary school principal so they they even though she'd only technically been you know only been here a little bit yeah they took her on and and so she'll do great with that She's yeah. very
2: well spoken.
1: Yes, very well spoken. Well her mom's a teacher. Okay. There you go.
2: There you go. <clears throat> and she got here when? July? June?
1: Uh, she was here uh, in May.
2: In May. Yeah. Okay.
1: She graduated, well, I guess late May, early June. Yeah, okay. June 1st. She graduated from Missouri. They graduated a little bit later than we do. Yeah. So
2: there's some competition in the middle.
1: There'll be a Big left. time yeah.
2: competition. Yeah.
1: Let's go to our next middle. It's Kaylin Meyer from Superior, Nebraska. She's the most decorated high school athlete ever in the state of Nebraska. She's ever. been... Three-time Female Athlete of the Year.
2: That's incredible. Yeah. I heard in workouts, she's just an animal.
1: She, well, yeah. I mean, you're, <laughs> you know, she's got two older sisters that are in our track program. Her dad okay. was, an, uh, I think, an All-American track athlete here, uh, coached track at Kearney. And her mom uh, actually played for Nebraska. And I recruited her when I was an assistant here, but I left by the time she got here. So, so you've
2: been around a long time. Is yeah. what you're saying? Yeah,
1: so this this will be the first recruit-slash-daughter coming through. We've had okay. former moms who were Huskers, like Kelly Hunter, who played here, but I didn't coach them or recruit, recruit them. Recruit them. So I haven't been here that long.
2: Uh, side story. When I – well, I played my first year at UCLA. You obviously know that. Andy Banikowski, who was the coach who coached me at UCLA, I believe he recruited mom.
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. And
2: then yeah. recruited – my mom didn't go to UCLA. She went to San Diego State, but I believe he recruited her and then recruited me. So there's yeah. a yeah. mother-daughter recruiting story. He was there story. 45 years. Yeah, a lot longer than you.
1: And you ran him out.
2: How Ooh. long <laughs> How long has Russ been at Penn State?
1: I don't know. We need to get Russ on this show. I think we will. I want people to tweet in, tweet to you, so, you know, however they communicate <laughs> with you. The 48,000 people that are listening to these podcasts, I want them to tweet to you to get Russ on. Let's get a, Public camp- campaign to get Russ on.
2: Here's what's funny, and we're and not-
1: I'll, I'll buy Russ a Cuban cigar. And that'll that'll seal the deal. Oh,
2: there you go. Yeah. He's a big cigar smoker. Yeah. Okay. JB mm. always says I think uh, Nixon was the president when Russ started coaching at Penn State. Wow. I think that's who was president. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know all the presidents and, yeah. and JB's always talking about something that's over my head, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he always mentions back when Russ took the Penn State job. So it would be interesting wow. to see who the longest head coach. If it was Andy, if it's Russ, if it's someone else. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's probably got to be Andy right now. And maybe there's somebody else. Uh, there was a coach in Texas that was in she the was 40, 40 something years. But that, was, that, was, that
2: wasn't that was division one, was it?
1: I, I don't remember. It was like
2: division two. Yeah. Mary Wise, she's been at Florida for yeah. like 30 years.
1: Yeah. All those guys started, you know, right out of college. Andy was in college, I think, when he started coaching at UCLA. Oh, wow.
2: Okay. So back to Kaylin Meyer.
1: Yeah. So anyway, um, I'll be really interested to see how she does. She's a uh, fresh, true freshman. Yeah. But, you know, not playing club this year is really going to really could have helped her if she played club. She was, would have been on a great club team and played really good competition at, at the VCN program here in Lincoln, who just built a new gym. Which, it's amazing. Yeah. So we'll just have to see how she develops. So we were kind of going in thinking redshirting, but, you know, we'll see how she does. And then, uh, Ani Evans from Waverly. She's starting the Waverly Pipeline. Ani's um, like
2: a little sister to me.
1: Yeah, I know. You, you've <laughs> trained her. Annie's aw- awesome. and um,
2: Both her brothers played football at Nebraska. Yeah.
1: And basically, I just tell I, I, Ani, you're in charge of the freshmen. Let me know if there's any problems. Otherwise, I'm not worried about them. <laughs> she I,
2: is very mature for her age. Yeah. And I think it's because she grew up with two older brothers. But yeah. I remember, I mean, I've known her since she was... 12 years old and she, it was always she was so mature compared to all the other girls yeah so
1: and ani's a player that uh you know we'll we got to figure out a good role for her because she can set she can do everything i mean set dig pass play defense so, so we got to you she's know look, look look for a role for her but she's one of those players you have to have in your program that keeps it in perspective for everybody else she's here because she loves nebraska volleyball sometimes with everything going on in college volleyball and college sports, it's all about what I can get, you know, who's going to pay me this, what, you know, with all these new things coming up, okay. you know, when do I get my, you know, sweats and, you know, when do I get my check? And there's somebody who's just playing volleyball for the love of the game and the love of Nebraska. So you've got to have people in your program like that. She reminds me a lot of Bridget Root when you played. Mm-hmm. Bridget Root was. You know, this backup, but when, when the time came, she came in and won a couple of big matches. And so, you know, and you got to have players in your program like that. And then uh, Abby Johnson's from a small town in uh, Illinois-Missouri border, and she's what we call a project. She's small town. She hasn't played good club.
2: She's like an Alicia Ostrander.
1: Very much like Alicia okay. Ostrander. so except- Kind of
2: a utility player, right? She could play middle, right side, yeah. outside. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, she's always been a middle okay. because when you go to a small school where, where they put the tall... She's 6'4", where they put them <laughs> put the him in the middle. So she's a project and we're going to um, see if we can develop her. But she's got a big arm and she's a big physical athlete. That's, she works hard. Yeah.
2: She's a small town girl.
1: Yep. Yeah. And she she turned down other opportunities that would have financially been better for her. But she really wanted to take a shot at Nebraska. So you got to admire her people that take risks like that.
2: Is she like Ani and just loves Nebraska volleyball? Or? Yeah. Okay.
1: And she she wants to see if she can go big time. But, you know, she's a project and she's going to take time. But we've been pretty successful at, you know, developing those kind of players.
2: Yeah, because you're such a great coach.
1: Was, no, no, I'll put Jalen in charge of her.
2: <laughs> Jalen and Tyler. Yeah. And Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there one more player? Is that it?
1: Oh, yeah. Our, our Hawaiian Oh, so, little uh yeah.
2: I can never say her first name
1: well I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this this is not right though I call her Kaolani so but that doesn't sound right. she's okay with that <laughs> she goes with K but if you hear Jalen whip off Kaolani it's completely different
2: well, Jalen's Hawaiian yeah I
1: know so it's also she she's okay how I say it
2: you would always mix up the Rawls Rolf, and twins like you never call anyone by their correct name yeah so you mix up their names. You know, when they're playing Sometimes good you I, you then don't... I call them by
1: their <laughs> the right name. It's just when they're playing bad, then...
2: <laughs> then you forget what their name yeah. is. Okay, so tell us about uh, Kalani. Ke-
1: yeah, I, I haven't really spent much time with her because, you know, we're not technically supposed to be around them, and... Uh, she was um,
2: a late commit, correct?
1: Very late, and she was, you know, she committed without visiting, but she's... I hear the girls love her. She seems really happy. Uh, her her dad finally came out and visited uh, over July 4th, which was good, because she came by herself. I mean, talk about starting off tough. You know, all the moms with COVID were all upset because they couldn't drop their girls off, you know? Yeah. And because, you know, we didn't want anybody around, and they had to drop them off and put them in quarantine. Keolani flew from Hawaii, got stuck overnight in San Francisco. So it took her two days to get here. Gets here, has to go in quarantine for three days. Get tested, wait for the test for another two days. So basically, six days she's in quarantine by herself, and then finally gets out of prison. And but she's great, and she's just she's a libero, and you know she's gonna she's gonna push for playing time.
2: So you have competition in a few spots this year.
1: Competition is good.
2: What's Kay's connection? Doesn't she have a connection to Nebraska? If she knew a football family or Yeah. So uh, what's the connection?
1: Tony for? our defensive line coach. Okay. His wife played volleyball with Keolani's mom. So they they played together. So they're family friends and so we had to be careful because they since she got here they wanted to bring her over and everything. Take yeah. care of her and we yeah. had to, we had to put her in quarantine. Anyway, I, I feel bad for her the way she started off, but you know, she's awesome, great personality, and she's a really talented volleyball player. She was a Hawaii player of the year. I mean wow. that's not an easy thing to do in Hawaii. There's a lot of good players.
2: A lot of good players. So it sounds like you have a really solid group of new players who are already get along with the older other players, older players. I know Kayla's a little bit older, but it just sounds like you have a, a solid group. That you brought in, yeah. even though it wasn't a, you know, a top five recruiting class like we're hearing about with your 2021 and 2022 recruiting classes. It just sounds like a, a really good group personality wise. And, and sometimes that's almost better than talent. And that'll get you further. I mean, some of the years you've won national championships, it's because you have great team chemistry and players with really solid personalities and who all get along. And,
1: yeah, well, you know, our freshman group is great. But I'll just give you an example. I ran into Lexi's son at Whole Foods.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course. Was so we, she buying kombucha?
1: No, she was buying I had White Claw or something.
2: She's 21, right?
1: No, it's, it, it wasn't, it's not alcoholic. White, White it's,
2: Claw is oh, alcohol. maybe I have it wrong. She's 21. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. But that 21.
1: wasn't it. She's, it was these, like these, these you know, sparkling drink things and fruit and vegetables. But anyway, <laughs> she had her mask on and I had my mask on. And I said, so we started talking and I said, what are you doing today? She goes, well, I'm going over, hanging out with Ani. And she was taking somebody on her team flowers. And so anyway, my point being is our our seniors have done a great job of integrating. And, you know, we've worked really hard instilling in our culture about getting everybody together on, on the same page. And so there's just an example of... You know, here's a senior going to hang with a freshman, and I mean, they were going. I think they were all hanging at the pool, but everybody's included. It's not just that. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Who
2: are the seniors this year? Lauren Stibrinz, Lexi uh-huh. Sun,
1: Jazz, Jazz Sweet,
2: and Haley Dunsberger yeah. Okay. All right, for the our last episode of this year, not forever. We're okay. we're coming back for year two, and I'll talk about that format in a second. But um, I just want you to tell. Last episode we did, you did a favorite memory um, or coaching story from when I played. Now give me a. T- I did. You did. Oh. You never remember anything. Yeah now give me a memory or favorite coaching story just overall from your time at Nebraska. I mean, it can go all the way back to when you were an assistant here in, what was that, 98? Um, or when you took over in 2000, I mean, or it can be something yeah. that happened yesterday. Just give me a, a highlight for you from the last 20 plus years that you've been in Nebraska. Yeah,
1: actually, I, I talked about this. Maybe I talked about it on a podcast. We'll oh, have geez. to see, <laughs> but- uh, <laughs> It was in two thousand and one, or was it two thousand and two? And we had a great team. And uh, Gracia, our setter, got Gracia Saperah. Yeah, she she had an incident with a football player, and anyway, I had to suspend her. Okay. And so Lindsay Peterson, who's our director of ops, Lindsay Wishmeyer, formerly Lindsay Wishmeyer, love Lindsay, who was recruited by Coach Pettit, and. This is a true story. He he, She was a late addition to recruiting. Okay. So you did a home visit at her house, and he offered her a scholarship.
2: She lived on a farm.
1: Yeah, she lives on a okay. farm down south, Lewiston. Yeah. Very close to where Matt Davison's from. Okay. And anyway, Pettit says, hey, we're offering your scholarship. She said, great, I'll take it. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll commit. And he said, okay, I'm leaving right now, and I'm going to try to go recruit another better setter than you. And... <laughs> And that's the story. But the story was you better work because, uh, you know, I'm trying to recruit better players. Well, anyway, Lindsay started off as a uh, – she played setter. So her freshman year, she ran a six-two. Okay. She played DS, and then she became the first libero. So I think it was in – this all happened in 2001. Anyway, I had to suspend Gracia, and we played at Oklahoma.
2: Which is a – Vicious environment to yep, play in. Yeah, and
1: tough gym to play in. Yeah. And, you know, everybody says you can never play a perfect volleyball game. If there's ever one match I've seen that was close to perfection, she she was the setter and, and set that match. Perfect. And we played about as close to perfect as you could play. We beat them 3-0. And, and what's so great is – Lindsay had so much respect from her teammates that they were, gonna, they were not going to let her down and they were going to not lose a match to Oklahoma awesome. because they were just, and it was just amazing to see how they lifted up and how well they played and how well she played. So she's the only player probably in college volleyball that's played three positions, you know, and on three great teams. Wow.
2: Gotta love Lindsay. Yeah, we talk about her all the time on this podcast. She's another one we should have on Yeah. because I know she has a lot of stories about you because she's been your director of ops for the past fifteen years.
1: Yeah, so I'll do a I'll do a confession, Lauren, if we're getting to that. Oh,
2: we are. Okay, yes.
1: Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and do mine now okay. since we're running. a I'll roll. let you go first. But Lindsay stashes the uh, Trader Joe's uh, chocolate almonds, dark chocolate, <laughs> and I go and steal them sometimes
2: in her in her office in her
1: office drawer. Yeah, and I know you don't where they even are. ask. No. <laughs> So I feel Lindsay. bad asking, so but I sometimes I steal them.
2: Okay, so what are they're just chocolate covered almonds? Almonds, yeah. Mom buys you treats every week to take to work. Yeah, and stock well, your drawers with. You don't no, have I enough. Told,
1: I told her to stop doing that. Okay, so, so chocolate yeah. covered almonds so from of, Trader Joe's. There's one of my confessions. Yeah, okay. and then Lindsay has she has candy down there and stuff too. She but, always
2: has a candy jar. Yeah,
1: I know. I know where her stash is. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, you get a chocolate craving. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you have chocolate cravings every single day. So does
1: Lindsay. Okay. I always share, if I get a chocolate bar of some kind, dark chocolate, I always share it with her. Oh, it makes her so very thoughtful. happy. Yeah.
2: So thoughtful. But no milk chocolate, only dark chocolate?
1: Only dark chocolate, yeah.
2: Okay. Gross. I'm not a fan. <laughs> well, my confession is I've been taking uh, an afternoon nap almost every day since quarantine started. Wow. And I, I, uh, I'm calling it self care.
0: Oh, good. And
2: more adults should start taking afternoon naps. I don't know why it's just for kids, but I feel rejuvenated. I feel great. So
1: Coach Osborne used to take a 20 minute nap every day.
2: And look at how successful he was.
1: If I take a nap, I can't sleep at night. So
2: that's a problem.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. What's your lesson?
1: Oh, I have to come up with a lesson today.
2: Yeah.
1: The lesson, I think the lesson today is, is that you better uh, the great ones adjust. That's what I've been telling my team. We've talked
2: about that uh, Well,
1: I mean, that's like, how appropriate is it right that now? That is pretty appropriate. You have to be ready to adjust. Things are not normal. Things are changing. You know, and the hard thing is, the lesson that I've learned is, my our team and our staff all look to me for answers. But I, I don't have any answers because I can't get any answers. And right. I don't get to make those decisions. And so, whoever's making the decisions, they don't have the answers either. So... It's been kind of hard, and I have to keep reminding. I'm like, guys, I don't have the answers. If it was, I'd make a plan if I could. So right now, we just got to go day by day, and and uh, be ready to adjust whatever they come up with.
0: That's good.
1: Because I know, I know when we tore up the last schedule, you talked about yeah. our, our team. Okay, we're not playing. You know, they were all bummed, and I'm like, you guys, just hang in there. We're, you know, we'll work on a new schedule. So.
2: What are what are the girls going to do if there's not a season this fall? Will yeah. they stay here's in Lincoln? Another, here's
1: another lesson, Lauren. Okay. I just know when it rains a lot here and you don't weed the garden, I, I got weeds that are six feet tall.
2: So. I, I've seen them, so yeah. they are six feet tall. So
1: you got to always weed your garden. How's oh that? Gosh.
2: That's great. Okay, but what will happen, just really quick, if there's not a season, do, will the team stay here or will they all go back home?
1: Yeah, we don't, I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I don't know. It's, it's going to depend on so many things. You okay. know? So what's happening is some conferences like the Ivy League and smaller conferences have already said we're going to the spring. Right. Some conferences uh, are coming out. Uh, in fact, uh, a conference came out today and said they're moving everything back to they're starting in September and they'll start play like first of October. Okay. So they're gonna shorten their season. Okay. So every conference is kind of doing something different. The Power Five, which is the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10, the SEC, and the ACC are all kind of sticking together right now because we, we're all also centered around football. Right. So each conference is a little bit different. Some are doing conference only, some are doing what's called Conference Plus One. Meaning you play one outside team. So again, you got to be ready to adjust. And you know, if they decide all of a sudden we get going, and, and they can't, you know, there's outbreaks, and all of a sudden, okay, we're going to delay the season for a month. We got to be ready to adjust there. So we just hope we get to play. And and if we can't play this fall, then I'm I'm all fired up about going to the spring. Oh, we know. Yeah, you've been so trying
2: to push for that. We should do for years. a whole
1: podcast on that.
2: We can, we can yeah. talk about that. I, I think
1: that's the goal. Tweet in if you want Russ and tweet in if you want to know why we should move volleyball to the spring.
2: Well, everyone's heard your spring spiel. Oh,
1: not on the podcast. Okay. Not the 48,000 listening to the podcast.
2: <laughs> and watching. Yeah. Video is the oh, big yeah. hit now. We're, we're watching so, now. Hey, okay. Wave to all your
1: okay. Husker Nation. I forget we're on TV or whatever here. I'm <laughs> on your phone.
2: Video. Uh, my lesson is you're going to like this one. Okay. And I have to, Jason, my husband gave me this one, so okay. we'll give credit to Jason on the podcast, but plan your dive and dive your plan. The Navy SEALs use this, and um, experienced divers use this, I think like search and rescue divers. And I think it applies to volleyball as well. And you always talk about when you guys play poorly or when you lose matches, every time we do a postgame interview, you always say we didn't follow the game plan. I mean, I, I almost, I oh, really, yeah, oh. yeah, you always say that. Oh. And you say, you know, we, if we would have followed the game plan, this and this and this would have been better and we might have won or we might have played better. So I think it's all about following the game plan and how you make a game plan for a reason. And I know you and your coaching staff put so much time and effort into preparing those game plans and they're, they're really well thought out. And uh, if the girls just follow those game plans. That's when you have success.
1: Yeah. So the question is when they don't follow it, is that the coaching's fault or the player's fault? The player.
2: as a player, I will say it is the player's fault. One hundred percent.
1: Maybe we didn't do a good enough job preparing them and teaching no. them a the game plan. you so guys prepare. That's, that's why I say we didn't follow the game. You plan.
2: prepare more than anyone else I know. Okay. So thank you. You're man. definitely prepared. Okay, well that's it for this month. Starting next month, so August, which is year two, so we'll call it Episode one again, year two, episode one. Uh, we're going to be bringing on a special guest, like we mentioned. Wow. But here's how it's going to work. You're not going to know who the guest is. So you and I will chat for maybe 10 to 15 minutes. And then halfway through, um, we'll bring on the, the surprise guest. Okay. Great. So it'll be a surprise factor for you. And, and I'll obviously know who's going to be on it. But a surprise factor for Husker Nation as well.
1: How exciting. And
2: we'll be we'll bring people on um, who know you or who know me and who have a connection to Nebraska volleyball or volleyball in general. And I think it'll be fun. Cool. So I'm fired up for that. Is
1: that your idea?
2: It was – part of it was Michael Zorb's idea. I have to give him credit. He's a project manager at Husker Sports Network, and he runs this show. But part of it – I wanted to bring on guests, but he said it would be a good idea to surprise you. Wow. And I think it will be cool too because – You don't know who's going to be on. We'll probably have to Zoom them in just based on how everything's going. But if we can get them in person, great. Are you excited about that?
1: Very excited, yeah. I just want to make sure, though, Mike Elliott does his, you know, Husker Sports Network.
2: Oh, Mike's on here every time. <laughs> Good. Mike's actually the one running the show.
1: <laughs> I know, but we're doing the film now, so I don't see him or hear him. He's not setting this up, so I just hope we still get that in. I know. We
2: were doing Zoom calls because we yeah. were in different states. Yeah. Now we're back in the same state. So we're. this is the first time. We normally record the podcast like this, but since we've added video now and everyone loves video, we're now... Doing video a little differently, okay. But this is this is the new setup.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Okay, well, thanks for tuning in and and watching, and we'll see you next month, right?
1: Okay, yeah, thanks. Lauren. In August,
2: hopefully, you'll be in the middle of your season. I
1: hope so. We'll see. It's going to be interesting.
2: Fingers crossed. Sending you positive vibes.
1: Yeah. I think Nebraska's not good. You know, Nebraska's doing pretty good. It's it's the other, other places. States. So we'll we'll just have to see, but let's hope we can get it turned and have sports because I
0: think people are uh, craving it.
2: I definitely am. Yeah. Alright, we'll see you next month. Go big red.
0: Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project Manager is Michael Zorb, edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound design by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker sports network, wherever you listen to podcasts or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.